The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, July 30th, 2018, season 14, episode number 16. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from Oxnard, California, talking Cowboys football. Got Nick, I got Amber, I got Dave. And uh, let's go, guys. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, I think we're doing well. Good? Awesome. Good. Great. Players are off, but we're not. We keep grinding we don't on a take Monday. Days off around here. <laughs> I don't know what it's that training word camp. means. It's training camp. We don't take days off. We got plenty of stuff to talk about this weekend. The Cowboys uh, get their first taste of padded practices that happened on Saturday and Sunday. So a lot of stuff coming out of that. Uh, we'll talk about some of the observances that you guys had. Nick, you had some ta- some time uh, yesterday to talk to Sean Lee mm-hmm. uh, in what was semi-exclusive. A couple of one other other person was there, but uh, we'll talk to you a little bit about that and let you tell us a little bit about what Sean's talking about these days. Uh, we'll get into some injury talk. There are a few guys that are popping up there. Uh, not a lot of big injuries so far, but a few injuries that we kind of need to keep an eye on. We'll talk about that, um, and then we'll have some questions that'll kind of help fans recap this first week of training camp and the first two days of padded practices. We'll get into that to round out the show uh, in around the third segment. So let's get started first. Um, as I want to do every day during the show, uh, I just want to go down the line and everybody give me an, an observance. So this can come from either of the two days. Over the last two days of training camp, give me one observance, one thing you noticed uh, that stood out to you. Let's start with you, Dave. Is observance a word? Uh, Observation. Observation. I think observance is not a word. I don't. You I, about it might, no, I'm not. I'm okay. not. Sounds, it just sounds weird to me. <laughs> it did sound weird to me. Let me see. I'm going to look it up. Okay. While you but say Derek, that, I'm going to find that Derek out. Derek will throw some words oh. at you, though. <laughs> Since you let me go first, I'm just going to be. This th- is any position? Any? Yeah. Anything? Observance is a word. Yes, I thought we okay. were talking about uh, one specific position. Are we going? We start that we, tomorrow. That, did you not pay attention in the pre-show meeting? Honestly exactly. not. <laughs> Here's no. the, all right, whatever. I, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the easy one since you let me go first. Yes, give me an observance. My guy, your guy, Byron Jones. What's up, dude? You look good out there on the boundary. You really do. I know it's two days, but he looks really nice. He had a pick of Dak Prescott in the first practice. He made he's made this type of play before at yeah. safety, but yesterday in one on ones, Lance Lenore kind of beat him with a little double move, had a step or so on him. Didn't matter. Caught up to him. You know, it's almost like a trademark play at this point. The diving kind of, not even a bat down, but like the tap away. Uh, just he's got the athleticism to play that position. And I think, you know, thinking about it critically, like I said, he's made that play as a safety. But there's so much more you need to know as a safety as opposed to just stick your man, you know. And with that type of athleticism, Maybe we should have seen or maybe we should have given him more credit for being able to do that because he looks like a natural uh, through two days. I know there's a lot to go, but he looks really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amber. I'm going to go with a few coaches. Uh, Sanja Lal, some of the things that he has been doing with the receivers that I haven't seen before happening here, I really enjoy one of them being like certain drills that he does with the like balancing and how they they are able to improve their balance, their hand grip, where they carry these little blocks and just carry it down the field to help that grip. And Chris Richard, I mean, 
just watching him is absolutely entertaining. The passion that he brings, how involved he is. You see him running around the whole field, coaching each guy right after a play. Doesn't matter what play it is, he'll go right up to him and just give them some points about how that went down or what to do next. And it's absolutely amazing to me just to see that. I like what I'm seeing so far uh, from what the Cowboys are doing with Tavon Austin. Uh, there, there really doesn't seem to be any kind of what position as he – forget those questions. I, you know, He might run the ball occasionally, but he looks like a wide receiver. Uh, they're playing him in that role. Jerry Jones said yesterday that he might be just as important with the ball out of his hands than, than when he's got the ball as a decoy. But you can't do that unless you show that he can – you know, get the ball and, and, and go vertically a little bit. I think this team's throwing the ball down the field a little bit more from what I've seen, which is also a good thing if you've got the players to do it. So I like what I've seen out, out of um, Tavon. We talked about it yesterday, a lot of lucky whitehead stuff when he went uh, uh, east-west. But we are seeing him kind of go down the field, Tavon, a little bit more. So I, I like that. Yeah, I will throw in one observation. And to me, this observation is, is kind of what you would have expected. But it's been so much better than what I thought. It could be this offensive line has been extremely dominant. And the best part about it is the person that I thought would be the weak link because he's the young guy, um, he has been, in my opinion, just as good as any of the rest of them. I, I've, I've seen him in one-on-ones. We've seen him in, in situations where, where they're doing a team drill. And this offensive line is just looking very, very good right now. Um, and I was talking to Nate about it yesterday. Nate said he believes that right now, this is the best he's seen this offensive line in years. And that goes back for the last several years, over years when they've had great play. Now, of course, this is just two days into practice. But all that being said, right now, the way they're performing out here, it's really, really impressive. Connor Williams looks very nice. Yeah. That's not the – Lyle word. Collins looks very nice too. And we can do that all <laughs> he day. He does. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'll give him, I'll give him the love. And it's actually Thanks. interesting. We got our first skir a little skirmish. Uh, skirmish yesterday, Lyle Collins and uh, and uh, who was that? Yeah, the taco, taco, taco. taco. And, and the skirmish was because one guy in, in one position, one side of the ball was just better than the other, and they they were just dominant. And and I, Taco wasn't mad because anything really Lyle did other than just I mean threw him down to the ground and it, it was just repeated. And this keeps happening. Tyrone Crawford is going to do the same thing either tomorrow or the next day just to kind of set the tone because they're getting manhandled. Yeah. I mean, Ty Tyron Smith, just oh. absolutely, I mean, that was just uh, nasty. Yeah. I said yeah. this in my, you know, we do the, if, if you don't, you should be reading it. We write a little observation about something we saw at practice every day. I think we both wrote about Tyron, didn't we? Well, just just the, the one guy that, the, you know, kind yeah, of Yeah, one star. thing that stood out for you. but uh, And uh, Tyron, yeah, and I think everyone could have probably gone with Tyron. Have you ever seen, like, the documentaries on the Nature Channel of, like, grizzly bears fighting? <laughs> That's what Tyron Smith looks like. <laughs> like, he's just... Just it's gross in a good way. Like he just but not he even fighting like another bear. Just like no, like just it's a grizzly bear fighting a man. Yeah, it's and, and it looks and so effortless too. Yeah. It's like he just goes there and okay, that's it. Moves, stands up or like keeps walking, and it's like so effortless. And I feel horrible for <laughs> for the defensive that's players how they get thrown and it's it's frustrating. I get frustrated just watching it. I'm but like, oh my god. I'm telling you, I wrote this about Tyrone Crawford. The good news is it'll only get better <laughs> than that. Yes, yeah, and they because Tyron Smith at that level is the best left tackle in football. Right. Yeah. Now 
when he's kind of banged up a little bit, and there's some others. I know there's other teams that think their left tackle may be better. But I think when he is healthy, he's healthy and playing he's like best. that, I don't want to hear yeah, it. He is the best. And yesterday when they were out there in that one-on-one situation, Tyrone Crawford was going against uh, against him. Um, afterwards, Tyrone got really frustrated, threw his helmet down, and Nate walked over to him and said something. And then afterwards, I was like, you know, me and Shannon were standing there, and we said, Nate, what would you tell him? He was like, look, point is, that's the best you're going to face. He said, if if you can go through those battles, and even if you win two times out of ten, like, that's the point. You're going to play all the guys you're going to play. He said, when I used to play, when I played Jerome Brown, I knew it was going to be a long, hard day. But I also knew if I could play him and match his, his level – um, I knew that for the next six, eight weeks of the season, I was going to destroy people because nobody was going to be as good as Jerome Brown. Right, so right. the fact he's getting to practice with that guy and what you saw afterwards, Tyron went and grabbed him afterwards and said, started t- breaking down like, mm-hmm. here's what you did wrong. Here's how you could have beat me right there. Love it. Yeah. It, that's the kind of stuff which, that's going to make Tyrone a better player going up against Tyron Smith. Tyrone actually – uh, Sorry, which uh, is what DeMarcus Ware did to Tyron. Exactly. When he used exactly. to destroy him. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what he would do to him. Yeah. yeah. Tyrone talked about that after practice on Saturday. Uh, they did the compete period in front of the whole team, and Tyron kicked his butt. And he was, you know, that same thing, just kind of talking about pointers and how you can get better, and he's going to watch the tape. And he, to his credit, he was like, I appreciate that. I want to go against the best. It makes me better, blah, blah, blah. In my mind, I was just like, really? Because it sounds fun to go against the sucky guy to me. I mean, <laughs> that's just – Every once in a while, At least right? every once in a while. You just want to get a win every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. I need that ego boost. Yeah. But uh, the, here's the thing. If he can get to a point where, like, like like Nate was saying, if he wins one out of every ten, two out of every ten, then right. he is oh. going to be better prepared yeah. to face those those tackles that are not Tyron Smith, which, guess what, you're only going to probably face – two or three of those in a season. For the right? rest of my life, I'll remember my first training camp, 2013. Like, me and Nick were just like, Tyron Smith's going to start a left tackle for uh, this team? Because <laughs> Mark Swearer is making him look wearing really, him really, out. really bad. He was wearing him out. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about these injuries. Um, I first want to talk about an injury that, that kind of popped up when we first got to camp. We haven't gotten resolution on it. I'm wondering if there is a hit coming on this one. Uh, Kayvon Frazier. There was some tests being done on his on his blood work, and and there was some maybe some anomalies that popped up. What do you guys know at this point about Kayvon? The last that that I have heard, and, and I talked with him uh, briefly, and he's very uh, upbeat and, and uh, optimistic about it. I, I think that he re- he thinks, and that the Cowboys think that this is just a, a precautionary thing, but it's not. It's something so serious that that you have to you know you have to take it, um, you know, make sure that you go through all the all the steps. Uh, it's like, almost like a concussion where, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, let's just make sure that you are. Uh, he's told me Tuesday, so tomorrow, they'll be able to get back. some results. Okay. And and if the results are what they are 95% think that they will be, get your helmet on and go play. That's what he's thinking. That's what he's hoping. Good. But sometimes players say that, and that that's not exactly what the trainers and doctors say, but that's kind of what he said, so – He's got his fingers crossed that tomorrow he'll be able to get the news he wants and he can come back. All right. Yesterday in practice, Chaz Green leaves the field. What do we know about his situation? I, to, to be honest I, with I you, not a ton. Don't know a lot on that. It's it's an off day. Jason Garrett doesn't speak to the media. I don't I don't know if we've heard anything. Limped off, right? Yeah. That's this yeah. isn't de- I mean, yeah. dehydrated the other day. Limped off. Didn't return can't be good for a guy. I mean, I'm looking at him right now. I'm looking at Cameron Fleming, and Cameron Fleming has been getting a lot of reps uh, with Tyron. They're kind of moving Tyron in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cameron Fleming has looked 
really good. Yeah, he looks it, pretty good. It, it's one of those situations where Chaz needs the timeout on the field, right? Yeah. I mean, it, just I mean, yes. I know I'm I'm yeah. saying yes. something yeah. that's common sense, but he needs that time. He needs something positive. Yeah. He, he doesn't have anything really ever except for the that one game I think Ty or the San Francisco and Chicago. With, yeah, and 16. 16. I mean, he he just he needs he needs some reason to say, oh yeah, this is this is you know what why we need him around and not because he was drafted in the third round. That that's that's done now. It's like what what are you doing for our football team? And I don't know. I I just I'm, he's a nice Which, guy, you know, and I hope he can turn it around. He just he hasn't done anything. Really. I've long thought that he had a better chance to make the team than a lot of people gave him credit for because of what happened. Just he he's got flexibility. Say what you will, but he does. Um, and with Tyron Smith's injury history, you probably want as much insurance at tackle as possible. But and. I don't know the severity of the injury, but he needs the reps if he's going to make that happen. That goes for anybody who's not a bona fide starter on the team. So uh, hopefully we'll get an update on him. Hopefully it's not too bad, but I don't I don't have a detailed update. Sorry. All right, give me a quick update on Cedric Wilson, who has a shoulder injury. He he does have a shoulder injury. Uh, Jerry Jones said, well, Jason Garrett said yesterday it's going to be at least a couple of days and. For Jason Garrett to put a timeline on something other than day to day, <laughs> probably means it's not <laughs> pretty good. remarkable, right? No, I mean, if, yeah. I'm serious. If I'm if he puts a if he if he puts an actual timeline on it by saying more than just a couple of days or at least a couple of days, it's probably not good. Jerry Jones confirmed that. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a little while for him, at least maybe a week, if not more. Yeah. Um. So, and I mean, that's that's a tough blow for a guy. He's already facing an upward battle just by, you know, being a sixth-round pick or seventh-round pick. Um, I think six, sixth-round pick, right? Yeah. I think we we've we kind of all think there's five five receivers that are gonna that are kind of locks, you know, like Tavon and Beasley, Gallup, Hearns, Terrence. Terrence. You know, those five guys are gonna make this team. So six to ten. You know, there's there's one or two guys that are going to come out of that. And I think they're all kind of right there. You know, Lance Lenore and Which, and, and actually and, and Cedric would have been in that. Or I'm sure that. you I'm sure you were going to get to this, but the other one's Noah Brown, and he's got a hammy right Noah now. Brown. He hasn't practiced yet. And 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 the leader of that next group is Deontay Thompson because mm -hmm. just because of the experience right. and the speed that he. You brings. don't think Deontay Thompson is a he's definitely making this team? No like, way. No, not, I'm not. Okay. No. It just seems like I'm he's not saying, I'm not saying there's no way he makes the team. I'm saying there's no way lock. that he's a lock. The only yeah. reason I say that is because I think he's getting a lot of reps right now. It seems like he's yeah. getting a lot of reps, and, that's and maybe that's because Terrence isn't out there, and then that, but, that affects but, it. But but if one of these younger guys that really emerged, if Cedric Wilson, let's say, would have would have stayed healthy and just been really good yeah. and, and showed some downfield threats or, or you know, maybe um, – you know, Lance Lenore or KD Cannon or, or Mikel McKay has kind of come up yeah. a little bit. Hey, I, I think we've done a good job of, of putting fans on to Lance Lenore. And obviously you don't root for injuries. He doesn't root for injuries, I'm sure. But things are aligning for him to do some work here because Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown are certainly two of his biggest competitors right. for a roster mm -hmm. spot. Dude's out here running with the first team. And, I, I mean, they're yeah. mixing and matching and, right. and everybody's getting a look. But – uh, it is clear that they are giving Lance Lenore an opportunity. Dak Prescott loves him. We know that. Uh, that's the type that happens at training camp. That's yep. you got to take advantage of those I opportunities. Mean, so while we wait for Noah and Cedric to get back, that's 
I mean, KD and Deontay for sure, but Lance Lenore is a guy that I've got yeah. both eyes on. Well, KD can and I mean, can run like the wind, but you, you, you know, Usain Bolt's not in the NFL. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to catch it. I mean, I he, he's having a hard time with these tough catches. I've, I've, I've you know, I obviously watch him a little bit more because I've always thought that he's a talented player and he's really, really fast, but. Um, he's got to come up with those. You know, sometimes the ball is not exactly where you want it to be. You right. got to make these tough catches. M- Mikel McKay, he he's, he looks the part. You know, he goes up and get and, and get it now. I wonder, McKay's. I mean, he he had a circus catch on Saturday. He almost had another one on Sunday. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, he's interesting just in the sense that, like Noah Brown, he's just he's got a body type that the rest of these guys don't have. I mean, right. he's six five. He's not as He's not as bulky as Noah. I don't know how he is in the blocking game, but, you know, if you're just looking for a way to diversify your receiver group, he definitely stands yeah. out. What college are they saying he's from? Because I know he went to Arkansas He went for to Arkansas. Year. He was at Cincinnati. Cincinnati. He's been out of college for like two yeah. or three years. 6'4", 210. Yeah. God. Big guy. <laughs> Lanky guy. Yeah, you can look, when you look at him, you're just like, he's Which, a big dude. Because well, yeah. Noah, six, Noah four, is 6'2", 225. So, I mean, they're both big, but Noah's got a little more. Yeah. yeah. He's thick. As they say on Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what they say? Yeah. All right. Um, Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about Sean Lee. He has not been practicing. We don't think at this point it's an injury-related. I'm pretty sure it's not injury-related. But he has not been been, uh, practicing in team drills. He's been held out quite a bit. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And, Nick, uh, you had an opportunity to talk to him one-on-one. So we'll talk a little bit about what some of the things you heard from him. Oh, it's injury-related. Okay. Nice tease. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) Nice tease. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. (laughs) So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the show live from the uh, Oxnard, California. We're not at the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We will be back there on August. We appreciate what is that, them. Twentieth, I think it is. 
19th, something like that. We Whatever. get back August Too 17th. Too far away to think about. It really is. Let's focus on now. And we're in Oxnard, let's California. Sunny Oxnard, California. Sunny Oxnard, today. So like let's Jason talk a little Garrett bit about says. Sean Lee. Uh, Nick, you had an opportunity to talk to him yesterday. Yep. Um, I know you told me you, you guys talked a little bit about kind of what his status is. You talked a little bit about his leadership mm -hmm. and, and what he's thinking from that standpoint. Run us through that conversation. Yeah, well, we basically just just a couple of riders were able to talk to him, which is always a good thing. We'll be able to write something um, in, in, a, in a couple of days and, and really go into kind of not, not just from leadership standpoint, but just kind of him embracing that role, talking with Jason Witten, figuring out, you know, just kind of, okay, this is, this is uh, my turn. This is me having to wear this hat now and, and what it really – um, what it really means, especially for the Dallas Cowboy leader of, of the team, and he was tested right off the bat yeah. um, with with the, what happened with the with the Des Bryant thing, and he was uncomfortable with it. He he didn't like to do that. He doesn't want to talk about former players and stuff like that. But this is one of those things where you have to do things you don't want to do, and and he had to, to to step up. I thought he handled it the right way, and so. But you know, he he, he didn't want to, but he kind of had to, which is what leaders have to do. As far as him playing. He, um, you know, he said that, that this is a plan. They're just kind of easing him into this situation. This isn't the same for everybody else. Some players, you know, they they they're getting as many reps as, as they as they can. Um, Sean Lee's going to get as many reps as he needs. I think that that's kind of the way that they're 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 approaching this. And he even admitted there was a hamstring injury last year in camp. And it kind of plagued him throughout the season. So uh, he was hoping to avoid things like that. And he said when he just his window of we start here and we this is the first game, his is going to be a little bit later on and just moving. For, and you can do that when you're eight or nine year veteran like right. this. You think it's going to work? I hope I, it works. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, and I don't know if they know. You know, it's just like why, why take the hits right now and, and deliver the hits? Uh, let's just wait and and let's let's start the process a little bit later and we'll we'll see. They, they've tried everything. It's kind of head scratching at this point with with how to handle this situation with Sean Lee. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Y'all know me. I mean, if he doesn't want to practice at all, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. I mean, Roll him out game day. Come to the meetings. You know, work out. Go to the walkthrough, and we'll see you September 9th. If that's I mean, if that's what you got to do, you've earned that, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a good player, and he's going to be a good player whether he gets a whole bunch of reps out here or not. The, the the real hope, though, is that in whatever they do, they can hopefully keep him from getting injured this That's, year I mean, and know they make it through a 16-game season. Mickey's Mickey's not here, but if he was here, he'd say, you just want to roll him out there on September 9th all rusty like that? And I would be like, yeah, because Rusty <laughs> Sean Lee's still probably pretty good. But, you know, that's the flip side to it. The flip side to it is you also have to prepare him, though. Like, you have to get him ready to play. Like, you can't really expect that he's just going to be able to run out there and play without then Sean Lee he's not ready. does not sleep. He waits. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's ready. Yeah. He wakes up spitting fire and eating nails and thinking about football. Like, he'll go to the meetings and he'll go to the walkthrough and he'll be more intense than the next most intense guy on the team regardless. Like, it's like, how do you not get injured with the way he plays? He goes so hard at it that, yeah. I mean... <laughs> You're just bound to eventually get an injury. And, and you know, people want to complain about him and how weak he is, you know, his injury-wise, yeah. you know. No, yeah. uh, but yeah. at the same time, it's just like how, how hard he goes. It sucks because, you know, in 2015 they moved him to Will and it was to help him, you know, get over the injury issues. And he kicked it. He kicked it for like two years. Like people would talk about him getting hurt. That really didn't happen for two whole seasons. 
and you know he has one year where he struggles with hamstrings, and there we are. So, and and it's it's justified. I mean, he's had plenty of injuries over the course of his career, um, but it sucks that you know two years of hard work and staying healthy kind of get thrown out the window after what happened last year. So. Hopefully he can get back on the track he was on. Not trying to jinx him, um, but le- let's assume for Don't a second that. that something did did happen and he was going to be out for an extended period of time. Just in what you've seen over the last couple of days, how do you feel about that linebacker position? It's way too early. Honestly, I think safety and linebacker are like two of the hardest positions to evaluate in training camp. because Linebacker it, to me is the hardest, it with is, running back being second. It is a position, well, and running, I mean, but we know what we have in right. Zeke. Like, I'm not worried about <laughs> right, that. Right. But safety and linebacker are just predicated on hitting people. Yeah. And being, you know, so like you can judge somebody's angles, you can judge, you know, uh, but it's so hard to tell, you know, alright, they're in position, are they going to make the tackle? Yeah. Um, so I can't sit here and say like, I feel great, but um, you know, kind of like Cam Fleming on the offensive line, I feel really good about what they did. What it, whether it works out is anybody's guess. But you know, let's say if Sean Lee goes down for an extended period of time, if I had to guess, you're going to move Leighton Vander Esch to the weak side. You're going to play Jalen at Mike, and you're going to have Joe Thomas to kind of fill in behind them. And honestly, Joe Thomas is a guy that we're probably not talking about enough, just in terms of the reps he's getting. He's getting first team reps. He's playing in multiple spots, especially with Sean not being out there. Um, and, you know, I don't want to peg him in for the Pro Bowl, but I think he's going to be a nice – he's one of those – kind of like Jeremy, Jeremy Mincy was a few years ago. He's one of those no-frills veteran additions that you're going to really value by the time you're done playing 16 games. Yeah. Um, and so between those three guys, I feel at least okay that the linebacking core is not going to fall apart the way that it did last year when Sean went down. What are you thinking about Jalen right now? Again – Really hard to evaluate and I'm, that I'm, position. Let me let me back up because I think with Jalen, the thing about it is watching him move. I think tells you a lot. We've been watching him move for the last year, and I think there were moments in each at, at different parts of the year where you were like, "I think he's moving pretty good," or "I don't think he's moving very well at all." I remember during training camp last year, you guys were saying, "I, I just something about the way he runs. It just doesn't seem fluid." What do you think, just from the standpoint of how he looks and how he moves? I think he looks good. I think he looks better. I don't know, you know, people throw that out there. I've heard it a million times, like he's back to Notre Dame form. I hesitate. Like, I want to see more in real setting before I believe that. And honestly, I think if you try to read between the lines, the way, you know, Cowboys officials talk, it you know, I think they would trust Leighton Vander Esch to do the coverage aspect of playing linebacker more than Jalen Smith right now. Oh, that's why they drafted. That was one reason oh, they drafted because he's lanky, he, he moves well out there. I'm not I'm not sold that Jalen can do that part of the job at a high level yet. He can do it. He did it last year, but do it at a high, high level, I don't know. I will say he looks great. He looks great moving toward the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, I took a video the other day, and actually, you know, people on Twitter pointed it out to me because I was trying to keep up with practice and wasn't really looking. Jalen filled this run perfectly. I mean, you know, Zeke finishes every run in the end zone like he always does, but Jalen was right there in the hole, shifted over, was waiting for him, would have put a really nice hit on him if it had been a real practice. So in that regard, he looks awesome when he can just move downhill and use that athleticism. It's the stuff moving away from the line of scrimmage that I don't know about yet, but I'm not, I'm not betting against him. I just want to see more. All right. Um, let's move on. I have a couple questions for you guys that, 
that kind of will recap uh, the first week of training camp. And I want to get you guys to answer this and kind of tell me uh, what your thoughts are here. Also, for you guys out there listening, if you'd like to give us a question, you can call us. The number is 972-497-4400. Again, it is 972-497-4400. We will also take your phone calls and your comments uh, as the show progresses. So let's start with some of these questions. Um, who's emerging as your standout player so far? We've had two padded practices um, in the very short term of what we've been able to see, who's kind of standing out as your your most uh, your standout player for camp so far? What do you got, Ag? Man, hold on, let me think about right, it. I, I got it. Then Nick abandoned us, so I'm yeah, gonna st- I'm gonna steal his line and say Byron and Tyron. Byron and Tyron. They rhyme. Byron uh, Tyron. I mean, you know what you have in Tyron Smith, but it's. Th- I wrote this yesterday too. Like as much as we have fretted about his health. It's nice to see him out here healthy looking like the best tackle in football, which is exactly what he looked like yesterday. And then, like I said, it's it's just been two really nice practices for Byron Jones. And you're not going to win every single rep at cornerback. That's the nature of the job. But he's made two really nice plays and had three or four other moments where, like I said, he just looks, he looks comfortable there. And I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised he played cornerback in college, but I am a little surprised. So... It's it's nice to see him taking to it quickly. Uh, so those are my two. All right, Amber. I don't. I'm. You know, I, I talk about Charles Tapper, and <laughs> this is a one that people don't like hearing about him anymore. Tappy but, tap. But Tapper, he he's a guy that he does have talent. He has he has flexibility in his body. He has the ability to move. The problem is he hasn't been healthy you know and it's unfortunate i mean he has such a bad luck and he's always getting injury and that has prevented him from show showcasing his talent now he's been making some moves out here and looking pretty good so again i don't want to get excited again this was the same story last year me getting excited about him and then uh, disappointment again but as of right now I'm rooting for him, and it's exciting a little bit <laughs> to see him moving around the way he's doing it. Okay. Um, you know, the one guy I'll throw out that I don't think we've talked a lot about on this show so far is Cole Beasley. Mm. And uh, he's oh, been yeah. a guy that, that's – I mean, we always knew that, that Cole had, you know, really good feet. He, uh, he ran really good routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I've been noticing, and, and I'll even extrapolate this out a little bit beyond just Cole, um, I, think, I think I've noticed so far – that these receivers get a bit more separation than what we were seeing last year, yeah. um, and I don't know if I don't I don't want to blame that on cornerback play or whatever. It just looks like to me they're much more precise in their routes because the separation they're getting it seems like they're getting it off their breaks. They come out of their breaks, they explode out of their breaks, and that gets them a little bit of separation for the quarterback to be able to get the ball there. I think I'm seeing that a lot with Cole, and and that's one of the things I think if if Cole Beasley is playing like that, I think he presents a really great target for the quarterback because he does have the ability because of his quickness to get in and out of breaks quickly and to be able to buy himself a little separation. But he's looked really good out here. This is going to sound elementary, but, you know, we talk about defenses were able to key on him and take him away, and there's got to be a way you can, you know, scheme for him to get a little more open and get better looks. Well, maybe just put him in more spots on the field. I mean, yeah, I've never coached an offense at any level of football, but – if a guy's only lining up in one place on the field every time, it seems like it's easier to scheme for him. So move him to more spots, which yeah, I don't think Scott Linehan's going to be sending Cole Beasley on go routes very often, but – 
put him in more spots on the field makes him harder to defend. But that being said, he's been on the outside quite a bit out here. That's what I'm saying. I saw, yeah, no, I'm, and I'm just cl- clarifying that. Yeah. And even yesterday, I saw him run a go route. Like, no, uh, they've used him a lot of different no, places doing a lot of different things. I mean, they've yeah. sent Tavon down the field, too. Right. Which, I mean, like, I'll be interested to see how that translates to games, but give him more to do. Put him in more spots. Put him on the field at the same time. Give me my 10 personnel. Yeah. And I think it'll pay dividends. And to your point about route running, you know, one of the things that I've noticed a lot of the times, uh, just the relationship between him and Dak, how connected they seem to be, that at times when Beasley's running a route, he's not even looking. And as soon as he turns around, the ball is right there. So they know exactly where to be and where the ball is going to be at. And Cole doesn't even have to keep his eye turned around, you know, he can run his route, run around, but turn around and catch the ball right away. You saw in that one-on-one where he beat Cheeto, he still started out on the outside. He still ended up back in the middle. That's where I think he's going to still want to be. But last year, they, they, I think teams figured out, okay, this is how we can stop him like this. So now the, the counter is start him in different places. His bread and butter is still going to be in the middle. You know, that's and that's where you – you can find him, you know, better. That's where Dak's going to actually see him better. But I think the, the starting point's going to be from different spots. All right, let's uh, – Nick, we, uh, the question that, that I threw out to these guys, and I'll give you an opportunity to answer it as well, was uh, who is the player that's emerged as your as your kind of star of camp so far mm. uh, through these first couple days? Well, I mean, I, I just it's refreshing to see Tyron kind of back at that level. Well, hopefully he stays that way. He, he's, he's one of their, their best players. Um, I mean, him and Sean Lee and Zeke and all that. Um, I thought Dak has looked really good, though. I mean, I, I think I'll, I'll just say it from that standpoint. I mean, I don't know. Who, who did you guys pick? Nobody had picked Dak, so that's a good one. I just think he, he – I, I like I like the, the, the offense that, that we're seeing out of him. Intermediate throws, but also deep slants, deep, you know, deep outs, I, down the field stuff too. And, and, and we haven't even gotten to the point where he's going to be able to run the ball and, and, and Zeke runs the ball, which opens things up even more. But just the connection with him and the receivers, I thought it's been pretty good so far. Yep. All right, let's take, a, let's take a phone call real quick. We got a call from Al in Pennsylvania. Al, what up? Hey, how you doing, everyone? Hey. How are you? Uh, just a quick question. Uh, is there any chance that we might see uh, Rod Smith line up in a fullback position and get some carries uh, out of that position? Because I kind of miss us. Uh, if we're going to be full-bore running team, I'd like to see the fullback uh, get some uh, carries, and I think he could carry the ball a lot better than Olawale. It's just that could Rod Smith block a little bit. All right, thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, you could, your running back always will carry the ball better than you, than your fullback, but that's not really why he's out there. And that, you know, um, I think you might see some, some things out of Rod Smith. Um, I'm tempted to say no just because they tried to move him to fullback already and it didn't really take. Right. Uh, and I get – I mean, yeah, Rod is a running back and you would assume he's going to carry it better than Olawale, but I'll bet anybody $10 right now they're going to keep Jamez Olawale on this team. So he's oh, yeah. your fullback slash H-back. Um, I am – you know, this is not really what you asked, but when you factor in that Tavon Austin will probably do some running back-related things, I wonder if maybe they'll do – a little bit more 21 personnel than we're used to. I mean, that's two two running backs, one tight end, mm-hmm. three wide receivers. Um, or two wide receivers, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just the talent that you have at running back, the fullback, plus 
Uh, you don't love your tight ends the way you used to that you would want to run 12 personnel with Jason Witten. I don't know, just an idea. I think maybe you might see more of that this year. Yeah, and I, I could even see a situation where they have Oluwale lined up in the H-back position. You mentioned him being H-back. Yeah. I could see him there, and it kind of gives the look of 12 personnel although you have an extra, right. basically an extra running back. Right. But he's lined up outside your tackle versus being lined up in the backfield, and that gives him that, that 12 look uh, without necessarily having and a second tight end on the field. We've talked about it on this show before. I would guess this team keeps three tight ends, and Olawale's ability to do that type of stuff is why. Yeah. You don't need the extra body. I think is one of the more underrated or players on this offense, just guys that are going under the radar. I think his skill set is so unique. It's not going to be like Keith Smith at fullback. It's going to be a different type of fullback, but it's one, like like you said, Dave, I, I don't think they'll need to go heavy at tight end because I think he, it's almost like three and a half tight ends. Yeah. Three tight ends and then, and then him, um, which isn't good for those guys at the back end of tight end. But, but you know, I will bring this up, though. Uh, as I'm watching these tight ends play, there, it, it's ever it been several times I've seen these guys get pushed around quite a bit. Mm. Blake Jarwin, I think he's kind of light, and uh, and he's going to have to get a lot stronger, I think, in order uh, to be able to be a, a good blocking he's option the for them. One. I know, but but when I'm saying if you're watching him out there, and maybe it's not size as much as his strength, but when you watch him out there, I've seen a couple different instances where he's just kind of gotten moved as the, the the defensive lineman wanted to move him. To go back to um, a, the, the first contact of training camp when they did pod drills at the yeah. front, Charles Tapper just dumped Jarwin like, I mean, like a sack of laundry. Right. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, and I've, I've seen – and the, here's the interesting thing. As big as Rico is, I've seen Rico get moved like that as well. And, yeah. again, that's about learning how to play with leverage and those kinds of things. I just don't think right now um, – I, I just don't know if they have – great options at tight end when it comes to blocking, which, again, says why a guy's like Jameis Alawale is your best option right there. Now, there, there will be another tight end from another team in here. You think? Yeah. That wouldn't be shocking to no, me. No, no. It, it, that almost happens every year, but yeah. it just depends on what kind. But I, I, my prediction is is that before the start of the season, there will be a tight end that we've heard of, not just some guy if it's bounced around a little bit. There's a guy like, oh, they're bringing him in. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Fasano's available. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they're going back there. No, you don't, don't think, think so? I they're going back there. I'm, Let's take a, I'm surprised he's still in the league, though. Yeah, it's pretty he's good. He's been around for a while. It's a good career. Let's go ahead and take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some more questions. You guys give us a call. The number is 972-497-4400. Again, it is 972-497-4400. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.comslash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Back to the break. Back. It is the final segment of the break live from Oxnard, California. Uh, we're talking Cowboys football. We got about 20 minutes left on the show. Um, let's go through some more of these questions that are kind of wrapping up this first week of training camp we talked a little bit about the emerging players give me a player that needs to step it up a bit a guy that maybe you want to see more from that you really haven't seen enough of uh let's start with you dave put me on the spot why don't you i did Mm. (sighs) like i really don't know um i'm gonna sound like a homer for a second like i actually you know we did training camp live me and brian yesterday during the tail end of practice and the point I kept trying to make was, okay, every, not, not everybody's perfect. You know, you're going to have bad reps. Michael Gallup had a bad day yesterday. He had some drops. But, like, it really seems like everybody at this camp is putting their best foot forward in these first few practices. I'm, like, the DBs have made some good plays. Cheeto had a great knockaway. We talked plenty about Byron. Dak has made some great throws. He's thrown some picks. Um, not some picks. He threw one pick. Um, Beasley's had a good day. But – for the most, like, I haven't noticed anybody who just is sucking. Like, it seems like everybody really came to play. I mean, it, it's disappointing for Chaz Green if his injury is serious, just what we know about him. That ain't great. Um, and you'd love to see these young receivers. Noah Brown's been my pet cat since he got drafted, so I'm bummed that he's not practicing. But nobody really comes to mind that's just dogging it as of yet, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you, you said – who needs to, to step it up? I think if you just ask the person, ask the player, you know, most of them will say, well, we all do. Yeah. But uh, I'll say um, tri- uh, Tyrone Crawford because of what that needs to happen for that entire group. And, and good luck. I mean, he's going to have to go <laughs> up against – he's going up against Tyron. But if he, he can win, he's got to win one. He's got to win a couple. Win, and then that'll help the other guys as well. He's got to set the tone. If he wants to be the leader of that group, he's going to have to do it. Yeah, it's it's not easy. And, and, and whoever's going up against Travis Frederick is not easy. It's not easy against Zach Martin. It's not easy against any of those guys because the one thing about Connor Williams and Lyle Collins is that they're not maybe as talented, but they're nasty. I mean, they they, they got – I mean, Connor Williams is going to lead the, off, lead the offensive line in penalties, uh, I think. Just because he's just that nasty attitude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is which is good. But he's going to have to win. He's going to have to set the tone. I think the rest will help. So it, it's not an easy thing, but I think Tyrone Crawford, uh, it'll go a long way if he can step up. Man, I mean, this has been pretty balanced right now. All of these guys have had good moments and then not so good moments. But one that I would say, or that I would have said if 
the situation would have been different would be um, his name just <laughs> Rico. Rico Gale. Rico. Mr. Rico. I don't know how his name just disappeared from my mind right now, but. Rico is the guy that I have criticized and, you know, that he's not necessarily as fast or as athletic in the game as the other tight ends. But right now, I mean, he'll make those catches and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I see it. But at the same time, is, it, is that good enough to keep him here? How long will that project keep happening for? Does he make the team? I don't know. We'll see. I'll throw out another name, and I, it's actually for a little different reason. Uh, when we came in into camp, Nick, I know you were talking a little bit about how your expectation is that Jordan Lewis mm -hmm. would overtake Byron Jones as a starter. We've uh, already talked about – I thought that's what okay. you said. I'm sorry. Okay. If I mischaracterized yeah. that, I'm sorry. Okay. But And, and I, the reason why I say that is because I kind of believe the same thing. I thought by the end of this camp yeah. he would be your starter, or at least by you get a couple weeks into the season he would be your starter. The one thing I will say, though, is – because Byron has looked so good here at the beginning of camp, if Jordan is going to make that step, he's going to have to make some bigger plays out here than what uh, than what Byron's making. I'm, and so I, I think I think you're looking at the wrong cornerback. You think Cheeto would no. not be the starter? No. Who are you looking? At? In this day and age, your slot corner. You talking about AB? Yeah. If Jordan's going to crack it, I think it's going to be AB that he beats. Well, Maybe that's so. just my opinion. Okay. Let, let's hold on just a second. On let's make sure that the whole panel's not just jumping on the 31 bandwagon here because the same thing was said to last year. He had a great camp last mm -hmm. year, and then he got moved from his position because it just wasn't good. So uh, he's a good practice player. I mean, he, he is, and he's long, and, and, and these wide receivers, there's some question marks about them. We knew this going in, that whoever had the upper hand, that doesn't necessarily mean he's ready for Julio Jones right now just because of he's doing well against these guys. He was beaten by Lance Lenore. That ball's a little bit out there uh, differently. Now we're probably talking about a completely different guy. Oh, he got beat by Lance Leonard. So let's just see. I, I, I think he looks the part. He's long and all that. But mm. I think he's I mean, going to have issues. And, and He had a great training camp last year, too. Absolutely. Totally and that, but I don't think he's out. on the football but, team next year. That, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't think he's – this is a contract year. I don't think he's on the team next year. But I think the point is what he does out here is going to determine who's going to be starting when we get to the season. And, yeah. yes, he'll have to play through the season and see how that all goes. One way or another, I just think Jordan Lewis is going to rise to the to the front with I, Cheeto. I mean, I completely – I if I had to bet money on it, I don't think Byron Jones is here next year either. But we knew that about Brandon Carr, and he still held a starting job for – 16 he, games. He did. No doubt. He no did. doubt about so, it. No, you're right. He wasn't being coached by Chris Richard either. That's something so to be said here. That's maybe. That, you're right. I, I'll, Nick Nick made me think, too, and, and Dayton Jones and, and Jihad Ward have been fine, but that's defensive tackle troubles me. They need more. That's, I mean, David Irving is MIA, and even when Malik Collins gets out here, you know how that goes, easing back in after yeah. injury. Uh, Tyrone Crawford was talking about maybe having to play some tackle when the season gets here, which, like, he's about 20, 30 pounds too light. Yeah. So somebody in that position group, it would be great if they could step up and assert themselves and make the coaches and me feel better about it. I'd like it. to see Ely slide in there. That would be nice. I you would, know, I'd be down with that. That's one guy that I've uh, been watching out here that, that kind of hasn't – it's kind of been a little bit of a mixed bag, but he has impressed me with the speed of how fast he gets off the ball. Like, that's – that guy can move. He can really move. And so I'm, I'm interested to see more of him and see how that all plays out throughout training camp. Now, of course, he's lining up on that side with Tyron. So yeah. if he's, uh, he's going to be playing with the getting first-team reps, he's going to have some difficulty trying to get around Tyron. But he looks all like in all, though, he does have one. some speed. Yeah. 
But yeah, he looks like he could play one technique. He's oh, just a big that guy. Big, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's also why I think it's so remarkable how quick he is getting off the ball because he's yeah. a big dude. Yeah, move that quick. He's he's really a big dude. All right, let's take the next question. The next question is: Do you think um, that Cameron Fleming is solid enough to protect Dallas if Tyron should go down? And I know again, we're all all of this is based upon two days of padded practices. But I just want to kind of talk about it and let's see what you're thinking so far about Cameron Fleming. Liked him. I, I thought he's he, he's done well. You know, I have this weird thing when I see numbers. I always just go back like five years for some reason. I don't know. I'm just like, oh, Dar- Darian Weems is out there playing. I mean, I don't even know why I, I do that with him. I pride myself on my memory, and I, I, I washed Darian Weems out of my mind. Right. <laughs> Probably well, I mean, when I see Ely at 76, I think it's Ash, and then I'm like, who's 93? Is that Anthony Spencer? I mean, I, I got yeah. oh, to wow, figure it out. Going back, yeah. Marquez White, uh, to me, I just keep thinking Brandon, Brandon Carr. So yeah. I, I, I got to do better. But I think um, 75 is Fleming, and he does he does a nice job. And I, this is the reason why he's here is because one game last year and one injury uh, was more than one injury, but, but that one particular injury really affected the, the entire game. And uh, I think the Cowboys are going to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Yeah, there's going to be a drop-off. It has to be a drop-off. But, you know, Philadelphia made it work when their left tackle went down. I don't think you're going to confuse Fleming with Tyron, but he looks pretty solid out there. And I love whoever's idea it was, whether it was Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, Paul Alexander, or Tyron himself. I don't know. But I love the idea to rotate reps. Uh, you know, it, you know. I don't know what the strict rotation is, but it looks like Tyron will get two reps, and then they'll put Cam in. Get him some time with that first team. Oh, it, it keeps it Tyron, been Tyrone Crawford's idea. Could have been Tyrone's <laughs> idea as well. <laughs> keeps Tyron fresher, <laughs> limits the strain on him. Get Cam. Not only do you just get him reps, but you get him in there with that first team line. <laughs> I I think that's a great idea. They learned from their mistakes last year. You know, knowing already knowing that Tyron was bound to certain injuries and they didn't necessarily, you know, enforce that backup position or gave someone the opportunity to get those reps in in case he did go down. So this year they're doing it differently and and it it feels you you feel more comfortable going into the season. We don't know what that's going to look like, but there is more comfort Comfortness it's there. It's perfectly said. You know, like you can't. Pre- I'm sorry, Nick. You can't predict what it's going to be like during. The- Maybe it all falls apart, but they are they are trying. You can't blame them for a lack of effort. Linebacker and tackle. There's something kind of refreshing about the part that everybody sort of knows they should. You know, on the coaching staff, and it's if, if it doesn't go the way they want it to go, I mean, this is probably going to be it. I mean, I, I think Jason Garrett has to know that. Now, now. Doesn't matter what Jerry says up there, but of course he has to say that with Jason right here. This is not necessarily a Super Bowl or bust or playoffs or bust or whatever. But I think we feel that way, and they should. You know, coaches should should feel that way. So there's when you goes back to the left tackle, we don't have to play Chaz Green because of the he was drafted and the politics and all that. You play the guy that's going to win. It doesn't really matter anymore about you're doing this or that or we need to kind of see him. No, because you, what you're going to do for if you play these young guys, you're going to prepare them for the next guy. You need to win. You need to win now. Everyone knows that. So I think there's something refreshing about that. We're going to see the guys that are going to help this team win. There's for no other reason than to help the team win. And that doesn't always happen that way. Let's get to the final question. The final question is, uh, what other pass rushers outside of DeMarcus Lawrence have piqued your interest? And we've talked about the offensive line being so dominant, so it's really hard uh, to find a lot of success 
uh, from the standpoint of those uh, pass rushers. But give me just one guy maybe that's piqued your interest. Maybe you've seen just this one moment from him that said, hey, I, I think I want to see more of him. Give me one guy. I'm riding and dying with my guy. Honestly, he's looked fine. He's, I mean, he got his butt kicked a couple times yesterday, uh, got in a fight, lost to Lyle Collins. I like the I like the way Taco Charlton is going about his business out here. Like I I mean he's not just kicking everybody's ass, but he's confident. He's bulked up and like mm -hmm. I mean it's very noticeable. Like he he got ready for his second season. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's stuck to Demarcus's hip like glue. You know, hey, learn from the best guy on the team. Why the hell not? Um, and and he's had some wins. I mean, like I just said, I mean, I know he 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 got batted around a little bit yesterday, but he he looks competent and comfortable. And you know, I just I I like what he's about. I I feel good that he's going to trend upward. Okay, Amber. Um, it has to be Taco out of the group just because of the the progress he's he has made. I spoke about Charles Stafford, but am I there yet to go to jump in and go with him? Not really. So, I mean, right now, the most progress I've seen would be from Taco. And as far as Tyrone, we know how he's been. And, you know, he, he's a good player and he does what he needs to do. But uh, progress-wise, Taco. You know, I, I right now where Dorrance Armstrong is is that he's going to go up against the backup left tackles, the backup guys, the Bryce Johnson, Jacob Campos, all that. And he's doing pretty well against them. Uh, he had some some moments, but but he he's got that pure athleticism that that's why they drafted him where they did, um, and so he's going to get to the point where okay, this is good, good job. Now you got to go up against the the Flemings, and then maybe at some point Tyron. So I want to see Armstrong get to the point where now he's going to go up against guys that we think are really NFL caliber guys. Armstrong got to I want to say it was compete. I think he did two reps against Cam and they split. But yeah. he I mean he he has looked good too. Yeah. I hesitate to just dump a whole bunch of expectation on a fourth round pick, but he he doesn't look and out of place. But he, at he's all. at least piquing your interest no, with absolutely. some of the opportunities that he's absolutely. getting, right? Yeah. And and if you want a 100% certainty on something going to happen uh and fans it's funny what fans seem to care about and tweet about. Um, Dorrance Armstrong will be wearing a different number when the season starts. One hundred percent, that is going to happen. Yeah. So don't worry about it. I don't. I don't know exactly why they they did what they did to put him at seventy four. He's not going to stay there. Bob Lilly's number <laughs> will continue to not be worn. In all um, honesty, I, though, there aren't there aren't a whole lot of options. I think he wears ninety. They will have some by the time the season gets here. Oh no, no, I exactly. think he's about to wear ninety three. I don't know if. Yeah. Richard Ash will make the team. Rod Marinelli loves him a trash can full of dirt type of guy, though. I yeah. don't know. I don't think Ash or Price will both make the team. No. I think, Ash and I think Price. you're so right. 92, 93, uh, which were good years in Cowboys history. Uh, I also think it'll be one of the numbers that Armstrong wears. All right, real quickly, we'll get a call to end the show from Ernest in Houston. Ernest, what up? Ernest, are Hello? you there? Yeah. Ernie. Yeah, uh, yeah my question is um, – I think Nick was hitting on it, uh, has to do with uh, Connor Williams. And um, if you're seeing that he's nasty and so forth, uh, my concern was as a rookie, he's not going to be as strong as, as he will be in a couple of years. But how does he work against those um, interior defensive linemen from Philly and New York especially twice a year and they don't have to meet? 
up with Fletcher Cox and Snacks Harrison and those kind of guys and one-on-one and how do they uh, uh, how do they work with him to to help him out uh, all right yeah. all right thanks for the call you know well the, the the nastiness is is a good thing he's going to get better at technique he's going to get stronger right now you're just fighting you're just battling you're scrapping He's got that in him. Not everyone, he can, not everyone can do that. I think that is going to help him. That's going to carry him as he gets better. Yes, he's got two all pros left and right. That's good for a lot of people. You know that will help him as well. But but the fact that we talked about the other day about the Dennis Rodman being a good rebounder because he wanted it more. If you got that ability, I think that's going to carry you a little bit. Now doesn't mean you're going to beat Fletcher Cox just because you you're you're mean. But, but, I mean, you, you've got to be able to, to kind of hold your own, and I think you'll do that. And the other thing I'll point out about that is, yes, he, he's, he's going to have those two pro bowlers on, on either side of him. The great part about it right now is we're getting to see him in one-on-one drills where you don't have that guy beside you. Yeah. And he's definitely holding his own. There's no doubt about that. So now you put him up against a Fletcher Cox, and he has those all pros there with him. They'll be able to help him out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I feel good about where he is right now. That was not what I was expecting to see in the first two days of padded practices from the rookie. And I would argue he's been surprisingly strong for a yeah. rookie. But the D tackles on this team are not Fletcher Cox. Absolutely. Which, and he's going to get his butt kicked. He will. Travis, Travis Frederick it happens. too. Travis but Frederick. it happens. You got Tyron and Travis there to help you out. I, I'm not – I'm not overly that worried about it. That week two, it was, was it his rookie year, Dontari Poe? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What was that? <laughs> Don, <laughs> Dontari Poe, I think, threw him around his, his, oh, yeah. his first year. Absolutely. Oh, badly. Yeah. 100%. So it's going to happen, but I, I just say, think for right now, for where he is, first two days of padded practices, it's been a good showing for him. Been a really good showing. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. Amber will be hosting the show, so make sure you tune in and check that out. Till then, for Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?